All right, so we will go ahead and move to Pete Chats. Okay, Pete. Pete's so, on. Uh, Pete Lua. <laughs> Pete's on. Uh, welcome to Pete Chats Portugal, everyone. This is our third round of Pete Chats Portugal, but our second exclusively available to Patreon Great Minds and Up. So that is the the $3 level and up. Uh, you get access to, you know, of course, our regular bonus content, our last call episodes from Psych, uh, from Shots, and, and everything below, uh, you know, including Colin Chats, China, Moments with Mr. GGMH, everything else except for, uh, you know, the uh, the pre-games that are exclusive to our top tier. Uh, but you also get access now to Pete Chats Portugal, and that's where we are right now. We've talked about the founding dynasty, the House of Burgundy. We've talked about bear fights. We've talked about dead monarch queens Lovins. being kissed. We've talked about Spanish Castilians being baked alive in an oven. Sadly, I don't have something so gruesome for this one. Uh, I, I should have looked for a gruesome story, uh, but I do, I do have an interesting story. Um, it seems like 50% of Portugal is all like, oh, it's a legend. I, you know, uh, but whatever, that's Portuguese history. So today uh, I'm joined with uh, joined by Cullen for our chats saga to discuss another piece of Portuguese history, kind of keeping with the chronology a little bit here. Um, but, you know, we're not going to do that. We'll probably do that next time, but not much longer after that. So today uh, we're going to, uh, well, Colin, did you have any questions? From no, no, go ahead. Okay. Because uh, I normally, I guess, I guess for the chat saga, I, I mean, I normally say, so what have you brought for me today? So maybe I should let you introduce, maybe I should start letting well, you. Well, Zach, that's funny you should ask. Uh, what have you brought for me today? <laughs> there we go. That wasn't staged <laughs> at all. Uh, today, Cullen, I have brought uh, some conversation points on something called the illustrious generation. Now, I guarantee that most history learners know a little bit about the illustrious generation, and we mentioned them on the last round of Pete Chats Portugal. Um, but I'm going to break it down into two parts here. So I want to kind of go through the children, but we should start with, of course, the parents. So last time we discussed King the I, the man who established uh, Portuguese autonomy from Castile and the House of Aviz. Well, this time we're going to discuss his kids, the so-called illustrious generation. Why? Well, is it because they were so great? illustrious noteworthy no maybe a little bit but not really uh it's it's mainly from a 16th century poem by a man named louis de camo or however you say that in portuguese no, uh, about like he was Camode, well what's interesting is it's about jao the first and how great he was and how he and philip of lancaster left us this illustrious generation of princes now that brings oh. us to another point uh, these are the children of Jao the first and his wife, Philippa of Lancaster. He had eight children in total. Um, several were to a, a second lover after Philippa's death. Uh, but really what the illustrious generation means is his five sons. Uh, so I don't mean to uh, exclude the women here, but the illustrious generation often refers to the princes. Uh, sometimes his daughter, Isabella, who married uh, I believe the Count of Burgundy or the Duke of Burgundy is is is, is put in there as well. Uh, but let's run through them. Uh, and Colin, if you have a question, chime in. I mean, I don't hesitate to chime in, and I will gladly stop, smooth out, edit anything we Good. need to. Keep, keep rolling. All right. Well, first, there's Duarte. All right. Uh, that's the the Portuguese word for Edward. So he would be the future King Edward I of Portugal, avid supporter of his brother's efforts to fund voyages of discovery. Uh, sadly. Duarte, or Edward, would die five years after ascending to the throne. 
his son, the future king Afonso V, would would not be able to rule for some time, and it would split into a dual regency between his brother Pedro and the queen mother, uh, Edward's wife. Um, you know, King Afonso V is somebody I mentioned before in Isabella's story. He actually is the one who invades Castile. Uh, you might remember last time, Colin, I, I kind of said there was a... Uh, you said uh, that Portugal almost took took yep, Spain over. Yep, yeah. Yep. Well, 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 threatened well, to. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, they invade. They they were the invaders. Let's say that. They right. weren't really, I mean, they were naval. They wanted to see they lost on land, but they did invade. Uh, you know, and there are times when Portugal is marching all the way to Madrid sometimes, uh, you know, you know, in the uh, in the Napoleonic Wars during the uh, Peninsular Campaign, you know, those forces are marching in during parts of the French and Indian Wars. Uh, you know, Portugal occasionally gets all the way to Madrid, but there's no chance of them defeating or over or toppling Spain. But yes, Alfonso had a claim through his wife uh, to the throne uh, of Castile, and that's where it could have united yeah. another way. And of course, Afonso V will give us another name, Jaume II, down the road. Uh, But we're going to, you know, keep going with our illustrious generation. So we've got a king, a regent, and then we have Prince Jaume. He didn't do much. Uh, You know, he really didn't. He was like the constable of Portugal. He was kind of like a head of a military order. Uh, But he's kind of like that third son who really doesn't get to to do much unless everybody else dies uh, and dies without an heir. And then there's Prince Ferdinand. What's that, Colin? (laughs) Or becomes a monk, goes, you know, like yeah, that yeah, the yeah. other option. Yeah. Uh, cardinal would have been a, uh, none of them became cardinals. That's the interesting thing. But then there's oh. Prince Ferdinand. Um, Ferdinand's, you remember one thing I told you about Ferdinand's? They don't do very well uh, in, in, in Portuguese history. Uh, so alongside one of his brothers, he led a siege on Tangier. Uh, and he himself, Ferdinand, was the head of the Order of Aviz, kind of taking over his father's initial footsteps, like I mentioned last time. Uh, so again, that's the order to which his father belonged, and, and both of them led it. Um, you know, another thing that doesn't go well for Portugal, as we will see down the road, actually, maybe next time I'm thinking, or two times from now, is invasions of Morocco do not mm, go well say, for no, Portugal. No. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, maybe if you stick hug the coastline a little bit, uh, but but no, 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 don't invade Tangier. Don't was that the Almorvids or not the Almorvids? Uh, no, what was that? What was that uh, called? The Umayyads? The Umay- oh, yeah, that sounds right. right. I'd have to look at exactly who it is at this point, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, taking part in an attack on Morocco, he's actually captured uh, and he's treated very nice. Yes. Ferdinand is captured and he's treated very nicely, very kindly as a prince should be treated, you know, uh, until oh, it's made. Yeah. Until it's made clear. Yeah. But until it's made clear to the head of the state that the Portuguese have no intents of ceding Sueta or any other lands taken from the Moroccan government. So he's put in a Moroccan prison, uh, just a regular oh. old prison. Uh, and Ferdinand is said to have died. In, in in that prison, a prince Captain died in a Moroccan prison. Wow! Um, you know, obviously and they didn't ransom them. They didn't try to get them back, or they, well, they wouldn't know. give up the military holdings. They wouldn't give up the military uh, no, gains. It was, it was a hostage situation. Did. Yes, it basically was, wow. and uh, wow. they would not concede. The Portuguese government wouldn't concede. But this is where we get into the fun piece. Uh, so he's captured, and the Portuguese refuse to cede the land in North Africa. They they captured. He's transferred to a prison, prison in Fez, and he dies there. But Portuguese history remembers him as a the holy prince, a popular saint, not an actual canonized or, or beatified or beatized or whatever the word is, saint. Wow. He's wow. a popular saint uh, and a martyr. Yeah. And the, they spin the legend oh. of his martyrdom as a sort of he refused to let Portugal lose their land that they had conquered from Morocco. And thus he would rather have died in a prison. Right. Uh, so that's Ferdinand's story. Uh, that's my piece on on the illustrious generation. If, and, if I can pull you back to Alfonso V, because oh, yeah. 
you said he dials everything back. So, yeah. so take me through that. Why and, and how does that impact Portugal? Do they start to fall behind the Spanish? Or? No, no, no. Uh, it's actually the reason that he, he pulls it all back is he's more interested in invading Castile. Uh, his ambitions are in Iberia. His ambitions are not expanding further, but maximizing what he has. Um, his his desire is to see his neighbors to the to the east defeated and claim his throne in Castile. Um, wow. Luckily, his son, who kind of takes over as regent and then becomes king, Jal II. Jal II. He's going to be our Treaty of Alcasavas, Treaty of Tordesillas guy. Uh, so you know he's a real contemporary and rival of Ferdinand and Isabella. And as I always yeah. say, probably the winner. By the time of Isabella's death, Portugal looked like the winner of the colonial race. You know, they were making mm-hmm. the money and everything. Um, well, and, and maybe in the next episode, we can talk about the uh, Treaty of Tordesillas. And I mean, that was fascinating. Well, I talked about Tordesillas in the Isabella episode Ooh, quite a bit, but did. there's actually another treaty that goes with that, Alcasavas. But yeah, next time I want to talk about Gil Ains, but maybe I can, uh, we can work that in eventually here. Yeah, I, I want to lose the timeline a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah. So, um, any other thoughts, questions you had? Thought, no, no, I, I hope I, uh, I, I yeah, that, that was very interesting. Chat, chat away. I, I mean, I know that the chat thing is what I like. So, I mean, if you want to interject or ask a question, by all means do, but well, any other um, what, what did happen to pull us back to Morocco for a minute? Uh, did, did Portugal then just eventually give up with those provinces in Morocco or, uh, I don't know when they held, I mean, Spain and Portugal will both seize portions of North Africa. I mean, uh, one of those, it was Iran or something like that is still part of Spain today. Yeah. Um, oh. you know, Sueta, you, no, they don't give up. They, it's actually, uh, the, the Iberian union starts because, of a failed invasion of Tangier. So, you know, they never really give up those ambitions at all, but yeah. I don't oh, know. Wow. So mm. we've got a King that died, a regent that waited for a King to come of age, a Prince who didn't really do much, a Ferdinand who got captured and died in a prison and Isabella who gets kind of honorable mention as marrying a, a Duke in Northern France. <laughs> not looking so illustrious. I mean, do you think so Colin? I mean, not very illustrious. No, so, each, so, yeah. Each is, yeah, well, it's trapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody has to emerge. Even though this was like, hey, the king gave us an illustrious generation, they were all considered to be brilliant, wise minds. Which brings us to the least wise of them all, the one who got the least amount of credit for the things he did by contemporaries in his day. And probably the reason that the illustrious generation makes it in any history book whatsoever, because the last of Jao's sons that we have not mentioned directly, but have mentioned several times, is Prince Enrique the Navigator. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.